this book is mainly about how to personally brand yourself so that you have just such a stellar reputation that everyone wants to work with you. Basically, this is about how to position yourself to be seen as an industry expert. Because you know what? The top 5% of people in any industry, they make the lion's share of the money. Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Talk to him. Attorney, high-performance coach, and speaker Cherie Prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick. From starting a business, marketing, strategies, and the ins and outs of their industries. We talk everything from book recommendations, lifestyle hacks, and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business. The Play Big Faster podcast starts now. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. I'm your host, Cherie Prince, and we are joined today by Annie Margarita Yang, the author of The Five-Day Job Search. Annie, welcome. Cherie, thank you so much for having me on the Play Big Faster podcast. So excited to be here today. Well, I'm excited to hear more about this five-day job search. Tell us about your inspiration for the book and what it covers. So the inspiration for the book is actually not what you normally think. So I'm actually a really intuitive person to the point where I think I can hear voices in my head, almost like a calling from God. And I was building my accounting firm on the side while working a full-time job as an accountant. But one day back in November, while trying to fall asleep at like 1 a.m. in the morning, I hear, Annie, you gotta write your next book. This is what's gotta be in the book. Put this, 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 and this. And I was like, don't bother me. I don't wanna write a book. I'm not interested. You know, I just wanna grow my accounting firm. But they're like, no, 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 you're the person for this book. You got to write this book because something big is going to happen in our economy and you need to be able to help people. So I ended up writing this book. It's the five day job search because so many people right now are getting laid off left and right after I had started writing the book. So now I can see like, oh my gosh, the, the timing was just so coincidental and perfect. It's like, couldn't have thought of anything better. Now, I, I know a lot of people in your audience are entrepreneurs, but a lot of the advice in the five-day job search can be applied to entrepreneurs as well, because this book is mainly about how to personally brand yourself so that you have just such a stellar reputation that everyone wants to work with you. Basically, this is about how to position yourself to be seen as an industry expert, because you know what? The top 5% of people in any industry, they make the lion's share of the money. What are maybe two or three of the mistakes that you see most people make when they're trying to brand themselves? Even the industry experts that I see when they try to brand themselves, they make this top mistake. It's their headshot. You would think like, yeah, I actually did a lot of research on best-selling authors who wrote self-help books and career books. I researched them one by one. I checked them out, all of their social media, and they can't even get their headshot right. Like one of them is looking to the right. In another photo, they're looking to the left. They can't get their headshot consistent. And then they also like zoom too far out of their headshot so that you can't even really see their face. It's like, hey, I want to see your gorgeous face, you know, <laughs> but I can't. And so one of the things that I recommend people to do, and this is something that anyone can do, even if they just started out in their career, is you need to get a professional headshot taken by a photographer. A wedding photo doesn't count, okay? 
<laughs> just because it's a professional photographer doesn't mean it's a professional headshot. That's two different things. So another thing is, well, how do you look amazing? How do you stand out? Like Cherie, right now, you look absolutely stunning and gorgeous. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did not do a lot today, but thank you. I know, but you you're you're polished. Look at your background; it's like pure white. It almost looks like you're in a studio yourself. <laughs> I have to say, the thing is, like, you have to look great everywhere you go. You look great here, and I'm telling people they got they got to look great in their headshot. You don't just show up to the studio and take a photo, right? So you have to do your homework, which means try on different clothes, okay, before the day of the photo shoot. Like, head over to TJ Maxx if you're a lady. Go to Macy's if you're a guy, right? Like, try on so many different tops in different colors and take pictures of yourself in those tops to see which color looks amazing on you. All right, like just because it looks great in the mirror doesn't mean it looks great on camera. So that's why I want you to bring a friend to take a picture of you. Okay, and then another thing is right before the photo shoot on the same day, get a haircut. If you're a lady, you know, um, get your hair blow dried as well. And for both men and women, get your makeup done because camera makeup is totally different from real life makeup. It's like a whole lot cakier, a lot more layered. It almost looks ugly, almost like a clown, right? But that's totally what's necessary because when you're getting your photo taken under like this, these bright white studio lights, you're going to look totally washed out. So that's why you need to use a professional makeup artist to get your makeup done for the photo shoot. That is so good. So, okay, in my professional headshot, I can't look to the left or right. Am I looking just straight ahead? What is the correct way to look? Now, not fully to the left, not fully to the right. You have to find the angle of your face that looks just right, just like Ariana Grande. She's like, yes. you, you notice, she's like always trying to show off that left kind of angle of her face because apparently that's how uh, she looks good right that, that's on your photographer to figure out like for example when i got my photo shoot done the photographer took several different angles of me first to see at which angle i looked the most photogenic and then when we were getting more serious and intentional about which photo to keep and take right um he kept focusing on the angle that looked best on me you know, so apparently uh, this specific side of my face, I'm not sure if people who are listening can see, but people on the video can see specifically this side of my face is what looks good. So that's what we focused on. <laughs> but you still have to have your eyes looking at the lens because that's about making eye contact and you still have to smile as well. Those are non-negotiable. That was a lot of value. I was not expecting all of that, but it was much needed. <laughs> so in the book, The Five Day Job Search, you were trying to build a business while working full time. Is that your recommendation for what other would be entrepreneurs should do? Or what do you recommend in the book? Everyone's situation is different, but that's the one that's working for me. You know, I can't just jump straight into becoming an entrepreneur, fully working for myself, because I personally, I have a husband that I have to support through school. Not a lot of women are in the same shoes as me, though. A lot of people around my age, they only have themselves to support. So it'd be a lot easier if maybe they worked even a part time job or something while trying to build their business or if they can really just like fully jump into building a business, go ahead. But for me personally, because I have so many people to, you know, to feed, <laughs> the best way is I need to have stability. So here's my mindset about it. From nine to five, I work to pay my bills. And then from 5 p.m. to 9 a.m., I work to build my wealth. And there's no shame in doing that. 
oh my gosh, I love the way you broke down that 24 hour cycle. So you have been referred to as the definitive voice in millennial finance. Unpack that for me. That's something that I made up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But still, I think it's very fitting. So yeah, let's talk about it. All right. So all over the internet, I keep reading about how like millennials, they can't buy a house. They've been screwed over by the baby boomers and were told to go straight to college and take on all the student loan debt and that coming out of college, they'll be able to land a job and then they can buy a house and so forth. Right. And that hasn't been the case for millennials, you know, Um, especially the people who are in my age bracket. They came out of college into a recession. Right. So she had a lower start compared to others. Uh, when they first started their career. And then they, another statistic about millennials is that they're delaying marriage. They're delaying having kids. Basically, everything is just getting pushed back and delayed because they're having trouble with their finances. But I don't want to believe the things that we see on the internet because on the internet, a lot of the things are so divisive. Yes, the stats are true. But don't you think Gen X had financial problems? Don't you think baby boomers had financial problems when they were in their 20s? I mean, like having financial problems is an age old problem that's happened since the beginning of time, like since society. Right. (laughs) So long as there was society, there was always inequality. Right. So this is actually like an age old problem. And so rather than complaining about it, I want to present solutions. Right. Because I myself, I'm a millennial, but I didn't go straight to college. Because taking on student loan debt is optional. Going to college is also optional. There are alternatives out there, right? So what I did was I worked a whole string of minimum wage jobs. And then even from the first job, I saved 25 to 50% of my income. I've been saving ever since, right? And because I was so frugal and got really good at budgeting my money, this is the reason I am where I am today. Because a lot of millennials, they watch these videos online. It's about like, oh, how to invest your money. Like we see like these coaches and they're (laughs) business coaches, money coaches, and they're in front of their mansions and their Lamborghinis and stuff like that. And we see all this like flashy stuff. And um, they're saying like, oh, if you invest in this thing, then you'll make a lot of money. It's like they, they push these investments and these products on you. But what they don't understand is like money is a process. Like when you don't have money, the thing you do with it is you save it. All right. Then once you have some savings, you learn how to earn more. Take what you have there, what you've saved, learn how to invest in yourself so that you can earn more money. Then once you've earned more money, okay, you can save even more save for your future invest that money for your future into stocks into real estate whatever but it's a stepping stone you have to go step by step and then these millennials are watching videos of going straight for investing their money and they lose all their money you know as we've seen with the sam begman freed and and all these crazy scams that's been happening these days people just lose their money because they believe in the wrong person right So do you have a recommendation for the percentage of your income that you should be saving versus investing versus spending? It's different for everyone because everyone is in a different income bracket, right? Like at a bare minimum, I recommend 10% for everyone regardless of their income. But of course, if you're making a lot more, like let's say you're making a six-figure income, I genuinely think you can save maybe 20%, 30% for savings, investments, and everything because... As I've seen, like online, there are some people who fire 
they're earning a lot of money, but they also set aside a lot, right? Instead of having lifestyle inflation, they they learn to live like they are poor, basically. And then they save the rest and then they give the middle finger to corporate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit because you started out talking about branding. How important is it to brand and have a consistent brand across all different social media platforms? It's super important because I like to think of the internet almost like a community center, like a really gigantic community center with 7 billion people in it. It's almost like, you know, like, like just going to your local senior citizen community center, you know, it's like this marketplace almost like where you get to meet people, except it's just all online. The thing is, in real life, when you meet someone, you see all angles of their face, for example. Right. And so the next time you see them in the same place, you're like, ah, that's Annie Margarita Yang or like, oh, that's Cherie. I recognize her. She's wearing a, a different scarf this time. Her hair. She got a haircut. But I still recognize her on the Internet. There are so many people like so if you don't use even the same picture across all of your profiles, people are not going to recognize you. Right. If you use a picture that's two years old in one, five years old in the other, and then and then in the third one, you're not even looking straight at the camera. You're looking to the side. People can't even tell it's the same person. Right. So how can they associate these profiles with you? It's not possible. Some people can't even keep their names consistent. Like some someone came to me. She was a pianist and she, she told me that she needed me to help her make her look like she was famous. I was like, okay, like, let me do some research on you and Google your name and stuff. She couldn't even keep her name consistent. Like at some point she used her first name, uh, middle name, last name, initial. And then another one, she used only first name, last name. Another one, she used first name, last initial. Like I, I couldn't even tell, like, is this the same person? I, I can't tell. I genuinely can't tell. And Google can't tell as well because Google is just a search engine that indexes everything. So that's why personally for me, I use Annie Margarita Yang on the internet consistently, even though people in real life, they're just like, oh, Annie Yang. But on the internet, especially if I have to write it down, I am Annie Margarita Yang. That way Google, when they index everything uh, for my name, it's all related to me and it's all content that I helped curate or that I made myself. I'd love that. And it's so interesting because I have a cousin who's also Cherie Prince. So everywhere you see me on the internet, I'm Cherie L. Prince. Now the photos, I'm going to have to go back and look at my photos because <laughs> they may be aged a little bit. But that is such good stuff. Thank you so much. When you're talking about adjusting your personal brand, because now that we have these tips about photos and our name, what are some of the opportunities you think some entrepreneurs may have in terms of their branding? So they also need to think about who they're talking to, right? Um, like, for example, the, the best one I can use is like for me personally, because I was doing accounting and I was trying to get accounting clients. I really have to understand how to get in the client's head, like what is really important to them. Whenever they were hiring an accountant in the past, what did they look for? What were they annoyed by? Right. So you have to do your research because 80 percent of successfully landing a client actually comes before you even start talking to a client. It's, it's not like trying to sell them when you're talking to them. It, it actually comes all before that. And um, this is homework that you can do right now, actually. Like, for example, when I was trying to research what makes someone annoyed with accountants, I went on Reddit. <laughs> I went on Reddit and I went on a forum called biggerpockets.com 
And then I searched the word accountant in the forum just to see all of the complaints. Because if, if I actually went up to like potential clients that I'm not proactively trying to sell to and I asked them like what is your problem what do you get annoyed by you know um, what drives you crazy what what makes you nuts they can't give me a straight answer right what people do is when something bothers them they vent and they rant and they complain on the spot and the internet they feel like because they're anonymous they will go all out in some online post just to let out off the steam right and they won't hold back. They are not filtering themselves. But if I had to ask them in person, they will filter themselves. So that's why I think online forums are a great place to find problems. And what I did was I copied and pasted all those complaints into a Word doc. And then I grouped all of the complaints by like a common theme. Like, let's say they complain, oh, this accountant was so unorganized. Or this accountant wasn't attentive to detail. Another accountant could never meet deadlines. Or another accountant, I always emailed her, called her, but it took her five days to get back to me, always, right? Um, another thing was like, oh, every time I tried to hire an accountant, I have so many Indians responding back to me, but I actually want to hire someone in the United States. There's nothing against hiring an Indian. It's just like, I personally want to hire someone local or something like that. So I grouped all of these problems and then I write the copywriting in such a way that speaks to these problems because unless you can answer these person's pain points you're not really speaking to them it doesn't resonate with the potential client that you're trying to to land this is so good the question that i have now is do you have another book waiting on us because i know all the goodness we have in the first book do we have a follow-up coming oh yeah i actually plan on writing thousands of books <laughs> so what can we look forward to next for the next book Probably it could be on how to market a book because what I did was I actually came up with a 50 page marketing plan for the five day job search because I plan to sell 100 million copies of this book. It's self-published, but I hope not hope. No, I am going to make it mainstream. I'm going to make it such that Annie Margarita Yang is a household name just like Donald Trump. Like, oh, yeah, I've heard of Annie. She's in the news all the time or something like that. Like I plan to make it this big. That's why I have a 50 page plan. And I am getting on podcasts. I've gotten booked on 100 so far, and I plan on doing 500 in the next 12 months. And already in just doing this kind of marketing, like with fleshing out the podcast route of promoting and selling this book, people were like, how on earth are you doing that? You know, <laughs> how do you get booked on so many shows? What's your secret? And I'm thinking, yeah, maybe my next book could literally be on like how to market your book or how to promote yourself or even how to get booked on so many shows because even the PR industry professionals are coming to me and asking me what I'm doing. Oh my gosh, I love it. I mean, I would definitely buy a book on how to market a book or yourself. I mean, that is so awesome because not every book is a New York Times or a Wall Street Journal bestseller, but I think you're well on your way. Thank you so much. If you had one piece of advice, to give to an entrepreneur on how to play big faster, just in the book publishing game or the branding game, what would it be? You have to actually physically make more offers. For example, one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted the ability to call myself an award-winning author simply because it sounds like really fancy and it's highly marketable. It makes people think like, wow, this is so impressive. I gotta have her on my show. Otherwise I'm gonna miss my chance, right? And so be able to say, oh, I won an award. I had to actually apply for awards. People don't just give you awards out of nowhere. You have to pay an application fee and fill out a form. So I had to actually research and look up awards. And then I found out that my book 
because it's self-published and because of its genre, I qualified to enter into 50 awards. Now that's like $5,000. Which awards should I apply to? Because I don't know which ones I will win. I figure, hey, why not play big, <laughs> right? That's my motto, play big. Why don't I apply to all 50 of them and just fork down the $5,000 and see which ones I win? Three of them already came back a winner, right? So Congrats. you have to, thank you. You have to like actually play big in order to have results. I don't care about who says no to me. I don't care who, who rejects me, who ignores me. I only care about who says yes, right? But in order to get so many yeses, you have to have so many no's, right? So even if I never hear back from the other 47, which is unlikely because the deadlines for even submitting the application haven't even passed yet. So some of these aren't getting announced till June, really. Like even if I never heard from the other 47 though, who cares? I mean, I, I have the ability to say I won three. How many authors can say they've won three awards? Not that many, right? Another thing is like, just another example of playing big, okay? When I was launching this book, uh, one of the things that I read is you need to have a book launch team to get you started, to help you seed the reviews. So. Everyone does this, even like the traditional authors do this. What they do is they have friends and family help them write reviews on launch week. So it makes it look like it's a really best-selling book, like everyone's buying it, you know, everyone does this, okay? Even, even the big, big guys do that. But how do you get so many? Well, you have to ask as many people as possible because otherwise you're not gonna get that many. So I asked people one by one. I literally messaged 2000 people. And wow. I, yeah, I asked them, do you want to help me with my book launch by writing a review on Amazon? If you do, I will give you the signed paperback as a gift, as a thank you. And out of 2000 people, 300 said yes. Out of 300 people on the week of the launch, um, my phone company, Google Fi, blocked my ability to send text messages to people. Okay, oh I, I actually couldn't get my text messages out to people that week. And so out of 300 people, 150 of them before the launch, they actually gave me their mailing address. So I actually had to go to the post office and ship out 150 books without even a guarantee that they wrote the review for me. Right. So I shipped out the 150 and then out of the 150, 80 people wrote a review. That is so awesome. Yeah. You're going to have to come back and be a guest again because this is some good stuff. It is good, right? But like, think about it. What What is the percentage? 80 people out of 2,000 actually followed through and wrote me a review, you know? But I got 80. How many authors can say they, they started their launch off with 80 reviews? Not even like 1% of authors have done that. Most authors, they're no name, never heard of them. But I had results and I got the badge on Amazon. It said number one top new release or something like that because I went big. I asked 2000 people and that's the only way to get results. I love it. So if someone wanted to contact you to work with you to get your book or just, you know, put you on their podcast or give you some more reviews or press, how can they contact you? Best way to contact me is to just go on AnnieYangFinancial.com. All of my contact information is on the bottom of the website along with all of my social media links. And if you're interested in buying a copy of the five-day job search, then for a limited time only for your audience, I have a special offer. They can get a 10% off discount on the signed paperback copy. If they go on AnnieYangFinancial.com, add the book to their shopping cart, and then use the coupon code PLAYBIG. 
Playbag is all one word, and it's spelled P-L-A-Y-B-I-G. Thank you so much, and thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Sheree. Really enjoyed it. Yes, and until next time, everyone, play big faster. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. Already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.